Hey, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Red Rock Harley Live. Vince Argentine, service manager of Red Rock Harley Davidson, also your host today of our fifth episode, hanging out with uh, friend, rider, badass boss, uh, Mr. Mike Plan, general manager of Red Rock Harley Davidson, here to talk about uh, a really epic ride that he's taken. Uh, Mike, how's it going today? Good, man. How are you? Good, good. We've had a, a busy week, awesome time at the Christmas party last week. Yeah. From what I remember, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for putting that on. Yeah. That was a good time. We had some music, some good grub. It was a, a really good turnout. Yeah. A lot of you guys out there watching us today. Thanks for coming by and hanging out with us at Red Rock over there on Rainbow and Sahara. Uh, we've got events always going on. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Um, but, Mike, uh, you've been riding for a long time now. Yeah. I uh, started riding when I was probably about 10 and rode a lot of dirt bikes. Um, this trip that I, I want to talk, talk about was – actually went on uh, with Chuck Sessions. Um, we rode dirt bikes a lot together before that. I met him actually at Harley. Very we, cool. we worked as lot, lot, lot techs together. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. While. Well, like we've talked about in the weeks previous, uh, one of the things that we do want to <clears> highlight <throat> on our live stream and our, our podcast is rides. That's what brings us all together. That's what uh, we're on a Harley for in the first place. So for our first time with Mike Plen, we're going to go over one of Red Rock Rides. All right. Mike, so, one of the coolest things about working at our shop, man, that I really enjoy is everybody rides. I mean, from, from people in accounting to, to you, to me, to the guys working for me in the service department, we always have a group of guys that ride. It which really makes you know, our job fun when we can relate to people, and they do what we do. Yeah, it's, it's we got to live awesome. it, right? So, yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about this ride. Where would you guys go? So it's kind of started off as um, my buddy, Chuck, he, uh, he actually won the Employee of the Year contest at – the dealership we worked at here in Las Vegas. And uh, <clears throat> so it was like some kind of prize where there was airfare or something involved. So what he worked out with uh, is to get rental bikes for me and him and for us to have a week off to go uh, do this trip. Very um, cool. So we rented bikes. Um, I think the only thing I had to pay for was the insurance on these things. I was pretty much a young guy at the time riding service. I, th I think I was 24 or something like that. And, uh, we decided that, hey, we were going to ride uh, the Pacific Coast Highway. Nice. And check out some stuff along the way. Um, this is kind of a map of what, what we did the first day. Um, you know, I guess this is closed right now, but we made a left here at Beatty and went through uh, Death Valley and across up through Lone Pine and to uh, Lee Vining. And uh, we kind of figured we were going to stop at Lee Vining you had night. to when you're doing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, that day we actually went to a ghost town. There's some ghost town footage up there. That's Bodie ghost town before we started having Heineken's. Very cool. uh, we rode over to this ghost town. That's just kind of north of Levining. Um, had to go down a little bit of a dirt road to get there. It was really cool, though. Just some of the, uh, I think there was like a, some schools and churches and everything that were still there. A lot of it. Is intact. You can kind of see, you know, look, there's the nice. organ and everything uh, over there and the pews and everything. Then we just kind of camped out and leave Vining. That was one of the things we wanted to do is keep it inexpensive. You know, we were, uh, you know, young and broke at the time. Sure, so sure. Yeah, we kept there. it as inexpensive as we could. So we camped a lot. Um, the next day we rode over into uh, Yosemite National Park. And uh, did a lot of riding around Yosemite, the park, and everything, because some of the 
scenery is pretty epic there. You picked some good bikes. Is that 03 anniversary? Yeah, it was bagger? a brand new 2003 anniversary bag right Very there. cool. Classic. Very cool. Um, some, <laughs> some great riding inside Yosemite. We ended up camping in there um, at a campground uh, kind of down inside the canyon that, that Yosemite's pretty much known for. Oh, well, uh, yeah, yeah, there's some of the pictures there are just pretty insane. And, pretty good uh, weather on the trip. Yeah, you know what? We never we got drizzled on a little bit right as we went into Oregon for just a second, and uh, that was that was it. Ever, besides that, the weather was awesome. Even on a bagger, you know, sometimes that has a huge impact oh, on yeah. a good road trip. Yeah, you start seeing snow up in the mountains yeah. and all that, man. I've had rain on trips too. Sometimes it's good for the stories later. Yeah, heck yeah. Time, <laughs> it's, not, it's not real fun at the time, right? Um, then we kind of crossed over into Oakland, into San Francisco, and we stayed a couple nights in San Francisco and hung out there. Um, we kind of sightseed during the day, went to the Golden Gate, nice. um, went to Alcatraz. Uh, I think that's from Alcatraz right there. Um, and pretty much did tours. Back there, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was mine. And... Uh, just had a good time in San Francisco at night. We'd hang out, drink a few beers, have some fun, and uh, uh, didn't get on the bikes for two days. Actually, right there, but uh, and we did get hotel rooms in San Francisco. Um, and then after that, we started heading north on Highway One. <clears throat> the scenery starts getting so crazy after uh, you leave San Francisco, and I mean, just beautiful. Um, you kind of want to stop about every time you come around a corner on the one. Um, just like the fog and the cliffs and the, the beach and the ocean and everything. It's a pretty amazing ride. Um, it was definitely all it was cracked up to be, for sure. Um, and stayed the night in the redwood forest, sleeping among giant trees and stuff like that. Um, that's Chucky writing in his journal. Uh, the first day, actually, we... We were at uh, Mono Lake, and um, which is right by Levining, in a gift store, and they had these journals. And, uh, and I'm, I just said, you know what, I'm going to grab this thing, and I'm going to write in it every night a little bit about what we did so I can remember stuff, you know, 20 years later. Sure. And uh, Chuck did the same thing, so he started writing in his journal also. So it was something we kind of did at night. Uh, it was just the two of us, so we would hang out all day long. And then at night, you know, have – you know, there's camp stoves and make eat junk food basically and uh, <laughs> have a couple drinks. But it was like we had talked so much towards the end of this trip. I remember at some points it was just silent, just us <laughs> hanging out. Yeah, had enough um, for a little bit. Yeah, it was just fun though. That's a cool picture there. Yeah, that's Redwood Forest. You know, some of these trees are 5,000-year-old trees. And uh, there's Paul Bunyan. We met him. <laughs> um so we kept riding up the coast, went into Oregon. Um, just really to say we did. We didn't get too far into Oregon. And then uh, came down through central California into Lassen uh, National Forest or National Park. It's a national park. It's kind of like a mini uh, uh, Yellowstone. There's like an active volcano there. Oh, okay. There's That's some of the geysers and hot springs and everything there. It's really quiet, especially in September. There was, like, hardly anyone there. Just had a campfire. And I remember carrying wood on the back of our bikes from a store, trying to uh, have a campfire and everything. And then um, this is from Virginia City. So after uh, after Lassen, we cruised over to Reno, 
we actually had a got a hotel in Reno, had a steak dinner there, and then some day trips to Virginia City. Um, I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's pretty awesome. No, not yet, but after these pictures, I definitely want to check yeah, it out. It's, it's pretty fun. Just an old ghost town. Um, the Bucket of Blood Saloon, that was that last picture, that was that uh, pretty famous bar uh, up there. It's pretty cool. Um, and then we actually stayed at Road to Tahoe and rode around Tahoe a little bit and ended up getting a ho- little hotel room in Tahoe and stayed there. And um, after that, we... We pretty much just uh, shot straight home. Time to head home. Mm-hmm. How long? How long was the trip about? I think we were gone eight eight days. Nice. Um, nice. And one thing I will say when we uh, when we went through uh, Goldfield, Nevada, sometimes Goldfield has gas, and sometimes they don't. <laughs> so keep that in mind if you're ever traveling up that way. Right on. The time we came through, we they didn't. Have they did gas. not have gas. No. <laughs> so we ran out of gas. Uh, just before Beatty, um, Chucky didn't. He he got to a gas station and came back with a little can for me. But I, I was about a half mile out. Nice. So yeah, not bad. Half miles a little far to push that 900 pound bike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. No, I've never been out to that part of the country. Riding along the coast, so down in Florida, uh, which we've talked about originally from uh, that coast riding. When you're right there next to the water, is is beautiful. It's I mean, there's some really cool stuff. So. Yep, it's amazing. And um, one thing that people don't realize is uh, when you ride overnight somewhere, it changes everything. It's just a totally different feeling than getting up and riding for a few hours. Oh, yeah. Like when you get up and you're gone for a couple of days on an overnighter and you're on your motorcycle, it's just you and your machine to get you home or wherever you're at. I mean, there's even s- statistics. Harley's been studying s- stuff like this that people have done overnighters, um, ride more and keep their bikes longer just from doing an overnight trip. So. Just recommend to anyone who's never done an overnight trip, got to get out and do it. Definitely, definitely. I know our, our hog chapter is really good about that at, at yep. Red Rock Harley. They do two day trips, seven day trips. So if you if you are a little little intimidated, not wanting to, to necessarily jump on it and do it yourself, uh, we always got people you can ride with. But yeah, I definitely same thing. Like going to Sturgis and some of these places where oh, yeah. you know riding from Chicago to Sturgis, it was like you might not want to ride that next morning, but you're you're riding the next morning. Yeah, exactly. You don't have much of a choice. So. Yeah, and then, you know, once you get going, it seems like you always see something that you wouldn't have seen if you were in your car. Oh yeah. You always talk to someone else on a bike and bond with someone immediately that's on a motorcycle, or even if they're not on a bike right then, someone that rides, it's even in their car, will come and talk to you and talk about, hey, where are you going? What's oh, yeah. going on? That you know. Yeah, the thumbs up the and the, hey, I yeah. wish I was doing what you were doing right exactly. now. Exactly. The Definitely. bond that motorcycling creates is pretty awesome. So Awesome, yeah. awesome, awesome. Well, we're going to be right back, Mike. Thanks so much for your time, yeah, man. We look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you. And uh, just another inspiration for a, a really cool ride. If you haven't done it, Northern Cali, Oregon, there's always somewhere good to go put miles on on your Harley. So we'll be right back.
All right, guys, welcome back. Some pretty cool stuff we got going on. Looking forward to seeing. Uh, we've got another good friend of ours, another great employee at Red Rock Harley Davidson, our floor manager, Mr. Joe Zurich. Joe, how you doing today, man? Good, man. Good, how are you? Good, good, man. We're having a good time. We're having yeah. a good time. Welcome to Red Rock Harley Live, hanging out at the Vegas, Vitwork, uh, Vegas Video Network studio for the first time. Uh, we've seen you live at the the shop a couple times, so mm-hmm. thanks for taking some time to come down and hang out with us and, nope. and, and with Mike, a uh, great guy, man. And I, I heard kind of when we got here today, you got a little bit of an interesting story about how you and our, our general manager met. Well, yeah. So that's how I got my job was uh, I used to be a, a Lyft driver. And right uh, I picked up this guy and his wife one night and just started talking about uh, started talking about my motorcycle. And uh, by the end of the ride, he's like, you know, I'm the general manager at Red Rock Harley. Do, do you want a job? Absolutely. So <laughs> yeah, like beach driving I, a Lyft. Let's yeah, do it. Very cool. Very cool. To, and how long now have you been with Red Rock? Um, almost a year now. Okay. Very yeah. good. Very good. And I, I know you were a really successful salesperson. I was a floor manager. Tell us a little bit about the difference. What does what your day look like at the dealership? Well, you know, I just, I'm there to, to be there for the customer. So if, if they have questions or anything like that, I'm, I'm there to answer those questions. And it, the same goes for the, our fit specialist. If they have any questions or anything like that, I'm, I'm there to help them out. Cool. 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 And, and how did you get into motorcycling and riding and how did, how did it come to be that you even wanted to work at Red Rock? Man, I so I got a job at a custom bike builder uh, in South Dakota. I, I got a job working for him, just kind of cleaning up and stuff. And he asked me if I could help install one day, and I said, "Sure, teach me how to do it." And nice. I, for about six months or so, I I worked on him, and he had a salesperson there that I knew that I could do better. So I just said, "You know what? Give me give me a shot. Let, on the next trip we go out, let me." Let me do the sales portion of it, and I, I crushed it. I tripled their sales that they'd ever done at that show. Nice. So it, sales are easy to me because people want Harleys. They want motorcycles because they're fun. I mean, they're the best free therapy in the world. Sure, sure. Oh, yeah, and the more you know about them, you know, the more that people understand that when you know about them, you're not selling them, you're just helping them get one. Yeah. You know what I mean, which is pretty awesome about your job. And I worked sales for a long time, too, and it was probably one of the most fun jobs I ever had, other than being the service manager and getting to hang out in the shop all day, that, you know, selling and seeing the smile on people's faces and the excitement of, it's not like when you got to go buy a car because your car broke down and you have to get a new car. It's So for some people, the first time in their life or, or the first time in 30 years since they had kids or got married that they get a chance to get back on bikes, which is, is pretty awesome. So it's it's the motorcycles that bring us all together. We, we have an awesome job. We get to we get to bullshit about motorcycles. Hey, like all day. I said, man, there's days that I could go to Best Buy and sell TVs, or I could go work at Harley Davidson. I'd take Harley Davidson every time. So. All day, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and uh, talk a little bit about motorcycles. How it brings us all together. Uh, as always, I've got some good inform uh, good information, some insider information for you. Uh, so we are ready to do some Harley highlights. So, Joe, if you got a chance to watch our show uh, two weeks ago, we talked about the history of all the motors of Harley-Davidson going all the way back to the F-heads, all the way back now to the, the new brand-new Milwaukee 8s, the the heart, the drivetrain, the power underneath us. But there's something else really cool about Harley, too. Yeah. They look badass. Yes, they you know? do. <laughs> they look badass. Yes, they I mean, you take the Harley badge off the side of a tank, most people are still going to know that's an iconic best motorcycle in the world, Harley-Davidson. Absolutely. Which is cool. So, And it was never that easy. Uh, I mean, there's, there's you know, when, 118 years we've been doing this since 1903 some of the stuff that's changed you know back in in 1904 you could get one color bike Mm -hmm. 
black, just like a Ford, man. You, you want one? As long as it's black, we got one for you. Exactly. So, um, then they, they went to the Renault Gray, uh, which if you look at some really old pictures of Harleys, 1906 to like 1909, 1910, uh, that was the only other color you were gonna, really going to see was that Renault Gray, just a flat gray, simple red lettering, so you knew it was a Harley Davidson, but very simple, very clean. Um, it wasn't until 1916 uh, they introduced another color, which is now we're talking war days, um, that olive drab. That, oh, that green, yeah. some of the old F heads, and some like of the that. cool. Which I mean, even on the new like Slim S uh, that just came out a couple of years mm-hmm. ago, that reintroduction of it, it was just very iconic. Knowing that Harley spent that many years not producing motorcycles to the public and just making bikes for you know the, the armed services, which is pretty awesome. Um, but it wasn't really until 1929. Uh, 1929 is really when we started to see some really cool colors. They came out with the azure blue, the coach green. Uh, this picture we have behind us right now is a, a early 2000s model, the powder blue two-tone with the cream pinstripe. Um, a lot of that stuff didn't get into the, the market at all until the late 20s and early 30s when we really started to see different variations, different models, and the more customized, you know, not everybody wanted a, a black Harley. You know? Right. So uh, we've got some of the, the stuff now in the later 2000 years. Um, bringing us all the way up to nowadays, I mean, we went from that one black bike you could get to in 2020, there's over 24 different color schemes available, not including the CVOs. Wow. So whatever color you like, you want. I mm-hmm. mean, I know your showroom's got it, but yeah. they're, they're one of every color. I mean, we've seen some that we like more than others. It might not be my cup of tea, but, you know, someone else really might might like that uh, that yellow or that green or what we've got going on out there. Uh, one of the things that Harley really does with their paint is it's a lot about the process. Mm-hmm. Um, Harley, and I even learned a little bit more about this uh, doing some research for our podcast today about the process and what separates Harley from a lot of the other manufacturers out there. Um, does Harley's paint get done by robots or people? people. Trick question. It's actually both. Okay. Uh, which is very unique to automotive because it's expensive. Right. Um, but really, even the 12-step process of preparing, let's say, a, a fuel tank. Mm-hmm. It's a 12-step process that Harley goes through before it even sees paint. Half done by robots, they'll put it on an armature, and the robots are going to come in and do all the sanding and buffing, and then it goes to a person with a hand sander and a hand buffer just to make sure that that, that quality and that surface is perfect before them try to spray one of their, their colors, which I thought was very unique to, you know, yeah. I'm thinking the same thing. I'm thinking, oh, they just put it in a booth, spray it with a robot, send it on the way, do thousands of them at a time. Right. Um, but it's a lot more intricate than that, especially in a minute when we get into the CVO paint jobs and custom color sets and some of that kind of stuff. Um, like, for example, on the CVOs, there's a certain uh, group of guys or group of employees that do the CVOs. Mm-hmm. They wear brand new white gloves. I mean, just really over the top precautions they take to make sure that those paint jobs are, are perfect, you know, because that's what CVO owners demand. Exactly. Right? Right? <laughs> but uh, very cool stuff. Um, one of the other things that, that we've got to, to talk about today is denim paint, mm. the Harley Davidson denim. Um, really very cool important. stuff. Uh, we've got a picture of us uh, behind us. Uh, that's the new 2020. That's the River Rock denim. Uh, very, very cool bike. Um, but denim is for a certain type of owner. Yes. Too. You, know? yes. you have to be very careful with denim paint. I've seen it firsthand. Um, a lot of where the friction points are, uh, where your legs touch the tank and things like that. It, it you know, you got to be real careful and keep them nice and clean. Sure, sure, sure. And there's actually even a service bulletin that I found from Harley Davidson about the care of denim paint. And one of the things that they say in it is almost like the uh, the bronze collection that mm-hmm. they have with the grips and stuff where it's naturally designed to wear and to show some character. And, and, and that was one of the concepts behind the denim is they said, you know, yes, you get those little chips, you can't buff them out. There's no real quick, easy corrective action like gloss paint. However, if you and four guys have a denim black bike and you've got 
100,000 miles on them, they're all going to have their own character. They're all going to mm-hmm. have their own feel. So that's something that appeals to a lot of people. If you're not one that rides for looks, you ride to ride, and you're not, you know, you don't care, and it's going to look badass a couple years from now. Denim paint might be the thing for you. Um, but yeah, definitely using denim cleaners, you know, mm-hmm. not let any chemical dry on it. It does take some extra precaution to, yeah. to make it keeping looking good and, and doing what it's supposed to do, you know, not be too beat up. Um, CVOs, you know, I, I don't have one out yet, uh, but one day, yeah, right. We'll, we'll all get one one <laughs> but day. some of the paint that is on it is definitely what will attract a lot of owners to the CVOs that there, the CVO streak glide, uh, nice, just very cool kind of out there, loud paint job. You're going to see it. You're going to know it's not just a black streak glide going down the road. So the CVOs were first made. I don't know if you know this, Joe, 1999 was the first CVO they ever made. I didn't know. That. Yeah. They, they shut down actually at the York plant. Um, in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. Building 42 was being used for all the military vehicles. Mm. And in the 90s, they stopped doing military vehicles. Um, they were using Building 42 specifically for FXRs. Okay. Uh, the FXR was actually the first CVO in 99. Uh, and, and what was it? That custom vehicle operations. It, at the time, it was called Screaming Eagle because they put a lot of Screaming Eagle parts on it. Right. But cool paint job, bigger motor, extras. That was the first CVO that's turned into what some of these crazy paint jobs are now that we see on the showroom floor. These are all 2020 CVOs that we've got over at Red Rock right now. Mm-hmm. And I like the transition of some of the new CVO paint jobs of, of you've got the gaudy, you've got the loud, but even like that last picture, uh, a nice subtle kind of just different color than stock, but not something crazy over the top, like with the Screaming Eagle heads and some of the more louder and, and intricate. This one here is another really cool concept that Harley Davidson has. That's the Mayhem paint job. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually build that at the shop. Uh, that's one of the ways that we customize bikes is installing Harley Davidson paint sets. Uh, Nick is hoping to take that one home, but it's still over there, still over there on the floor. <laughs> he might have to fight me for that that's one. uh that's number 107 out of 150 meaning there is only 150 of those paint sets made available um if we sell a whole 150 of them across the country you are not getting any more uh you'd have to find someone to paint something close to it which good luck because you know in the picture it's a little hard to tell but in the, the white stream right along the side of the fairing down through the side of the side cover kind of like a brush stroke um, just very detailed, different type of paint scheme than what they've done before, but very cool stuff. Uh, and they've been doing this for a long time, so not every bike that you see is going to have a CVO VIN number, but it might have that badass custom appeal that you can get right out of a parts and accessory catalog and have have us, your local dealer, uh, install it and just be looking one of a kind. And then you still get to choose what you want to do with the motor and your grips and mirrors and trick it out um, the way that you, that you want to. Uh, I don't have a picture of it, but one other thing that's kind of cool about paint, I was just looking at one that came in on trade today, Mm -hmm. uh, is anniversary paint jobs. Yeah. That's another really cool concept. Harley started doing, uh, in 1988, the 85th anniversary was the first one where they came out with a production bike, uh, limited edition, tricked out, not a CVO, but it had a very particular paint scheme. So nowadays... You know, guys like us, we see a bike ride past us. If it's that copper top 08, mm-hmm. you know it's an 08 anniversary. That Absolutely. black and silver from 03, like Mike was riding on his road trip, uh, you know, years ago, you know it's an 03 anniversary. So that's another one to keep an eye out for. You can start to spot uh, 2008. There's really some cool, you won't see that same color any other year, uh, which really makes them kind of intricate and, and kind of cool. Uh-oh. Uh, and always with paint, you know, Harley, uh, especially on a new bike, there's always warranty to think about. Harley does have a very good Q&A at the dealership level. If we get bikes in that are damaged, we're going to get that replaced for you. Um, if there's paint defects, if the color's not quite right, if your clear coat's peeling, we have ways of taking care of that for you. Um, and especially like with that Mayhem paint job, uh, that that specifically has a really cool kind of process. If something like that comes in and it has a chip on it uh, or it has a, a scratch or there's something not quite right, 
uh, they don't send us another part. So if that fairing's got got to screw up, if there's something not right about it, uh, we send that part back to them. Mm-hmm. They repaint that part, okay. fix whatever they need to, and they send it back to us to keep that exclusivity. Yeah. So there's not 300 fairings floating around for a paint job that it only has 150 in the set, which is kind of cool to keep with that exclusivity. You know, same with the anniversary editions, the CVOs. If you go to order those parts, it requires a VIN number or it requires you to send the old part back or something mm-hmm. like that just to keep that. You know, if you if you put forth your hard work and spend your hard-earned money on a CVO, I don't want to ride up and have, you know, 20 more of them sitting next to each no. other. It's kind of part of the part of the whole point, which is, which is kind of cool, you know, and uh, always the option of getting custom painted, but Harley makes it so readily available to have some cool stuff just Right, yeah. right from the get, which is pretty awesome. So, and that's only some of the stuff we can do to customize. There, there's a lot. Paint's just the beginning. Yes. I mean, there's there's a lot. Uh, I know you brought some pictures with you today, Joe. Yes. What, what are we looking at here? So, I believe the first one uh, is going to be the Red Road Glide there. Um, that's a 2020, a brand new one? Yep, it is a 2020 cool. Road Glide special. Um, I, I wanted to do a couple of things to this, and I got some permission from the bosses. And so, we changed out the lights, which right now you should be looking at the, the lights. We did the... The LED strips in the back, um, changed all of the stock lights to LED, um, and then also put in the strobe module, put in bars, factory 47s, um, some grips on there as well. Uh, did lights up front, uh, both on the uh, with the windshield there, and then changing out the stock ones um, to the custom dynamic bright white ones because visibility is important. Huge, yeah, definitely. Safety, and especially out here in the desert, I learned when you get out to some of these roads, there's not street lights everywhere. Yeah. You know? We also did a wrap fender on this, which is really cool because most of my bikes that I've had and built over my lifetime have had wrap fenders on it. So uh, I really wanted to put one on the floor that had a wrap fender. Yeah, that wrap fender just gives that that stock front wheel a, a bigger wheel look. Mm-hmm. I know you're a fan of those big wheels. I am. You know, even try to get me to put a 30 on some stuff on the showroom floor for a yeah. while, man. One day you will <laughs> let me do that. One day, <laughs> but no, it's, it's a good look. All right, next one we're looking at is uh, a Fat Bob. Mm-hmm. So this uh, this actually used to belong to one of our sales guys. Um, he moved uh, moved on to a road glide, but this was his Fat Bob. Uh, he did uh, Arlen Ness pipes, T bars, uh, grips, and um, I'm sorry, those are Vanson Hines pipes, Arlen Ness uh, air cleaner there. Yep. But real fun bike. I, I got to ride this and I had a blast on it. Some cool T style bars, man. Those are getting really popular on the new soft tails. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got the sport glide that we've done a set on, but those T bars, if, if I mean, just on the floor now, I think we've got four or five different soft tails, brand new ones that have some, some T bars, MTX bars, lucky Dave, some different styles, but it just kind of, it gives you that ape hanger feel mm-hmm. without ape hangers. Yeah. You know, gets you up and open a little bit more, especially for a bigger guy like us that what you would think is a small bike, you change the bars out and you're just sitting kind of nice and, Nice and comfortable there. For me, uh, bars are a must on anything that I ride. Oh, just yeah. Just how tall I am, it, just to feel comfortable, I got to bring those bars up. Sure. And then the next one is going to be a whole lot different. Oh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> I believe Tommy, um, our general sales manager, put this one together. Uh, it's got Carlini bars, uh, new grips, and I think it also has some pretty cool exhaust. Um, yep, there we go. Badass fishtails. There we yeah. go. Yeah. Nice. Old school design. There. They sound good too, and that's actually yes. Harley Davidson exhaust system, which is kind of cool. Mm. You know, Harley doesn't have a whole lot of, uh, as far as Screaming Eagle goes, there's not a whole lot of different styles available. But the Fishtails are a newer one that are available now that you can still keep your factory warranty intact and everything with having a pretty cool, unique look. I dig it. No, it's so it makes my job fun. Mm-hmm. Oil changes, tire changes, always, uh, always good to help a customer out, get them back on the road. But it's a lot more fun to sit there with the catalog and 
you know, make someone's dream come true when they go, hey, I, I know what I want. Yeah. What do you want? Well, I got to show you, you know, yeah. and you get to flip through and kind of pick out what they want and, and do what they do. So make their bike their own. Yeah. Well, that's what it's all about. Right? Yeah. Right. I mean, my 2000 Ultra Classic, if you see it, there's not any other 2000 Ultra Classics out there that look like it, you know, minus right. all the scratches and dirt. You know, I mean, there's some cool stuff on it. Well, too. it gets ridden. So, <laughs> yeah. That's what they're for. That's what they're for. Cool. Well, cool, man. I appreciate you stopping by. Uh, so again, some of those bikes that you saw there are for sale right now at Red Rock Harley Davidson. Swing on by, come meet Joe, uh, stop by, say hello to Mike Plan, our general manager, Vince, as always, in service. Uh, we've got one really cool special going on in the service department right now. Uh, right now, today through Christmas Eve, get this, any in-stock chrome part is half-off installation. Mm. Think handlebars, chrome front end, exhaust systems, half-off install. Uh, as the number one service department in the country, we're just trying to finish with a bang, have a great year, and pass some of our appreciation on to you guys with some really awesome deals. Nice. So, and then, Joey, we've got some deals going on in uh, in sales as well. I do. So I've got some, uh, I guess we're kind of calling it the blue tag event. There's a couple of bikes on our floor that we've, uh, well, actually quite a few that we've uh, marked down with uh, blue tags. Okay. Um, and, you know, their prices are in blue. This one that we're looking at now is a 2018 Fat Boy. Uh, it has under 2,000 miles on it. Well. Um, and got it listed for 14952 And that's the new Fat Boy. That's yeah. The, that's the new soft tail chassis, the new wheels, the new lighting. That's uh. I mean, really, between that and a brand new 2020, pretty much the same bike. Yeah. That's a good deal. Yeah, about $3,000, I believe, we knocked off the price of that one. So Nice. Come get it. it hopefully, it's still there. Yeah, right. Um, and then I think the next one we have is the 2018 Limited. Yeah. Um, beautiful, beautiful bike. Again, under 2,000 miles on this one. Um, it was originally at 26,477. Uh, we got it all the way down to 20,951. So, um, King of the Road. Great bike. Yeah, that new Milwaukee 8 Motors is awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then this is one of the uh, the Road Kings that we have on the floor, uh, pre-owned. Uh, 2018, <clears throat> excuse me, um, all the way down to 15425 on this one. Beautiful, beautiful bike. You guys take 2,000 Ultras on trade? <laughs> right, yes. I'm yes, I will. talk to Mike when we get back. <laughs> Cool, man. Well, as always, we appreciate you guys uh, for stopping in. We'll see you back in two weeks for episode six of Red Rock Carly Live. To Joe, Mike, the whole crew, we appreciate you guys coming out and hanging out with us. And uh, stay tuned. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Ride safe.